This podcast is brought to you by the Trillium Awakening Teachers Circle. To find out more about how to grasp the means of your own awakening, visit our website at www.trilliumawakening.org. I'm here with my dear friend, Sandra Glickman, and today we're going to talk about green lighting. So Sandra, I welcome you to share what you have in mind for this presentation and begin. Well, hello, Deborah, and thank you for this invitation to talk about green lighting. Um, Yeah, I do want to talk about it. It's been a subject on my mind for many years, actually. Um, How to apply, how to understand and how to apply the idea of green lighting, which when I started out with this work, it seemed like a revolutionary concept. And um, from my background in psychotherapy, it seems natural you know, to invite people to go further and deeper and, you know, more, to be more expressed. But I think the way uh, we began our spiritual work, most of us, we were rather taught to contain our feelings and find the greater being or consciousness that was beyond feelings and opinions and judgments. So, but let me go back to a kind of basic definition of green lighting. Green lighting is a term that actually belonged to movie making, the movie making industry in the beginning. And when the producers and the actors were acquired and everything was all set for a movie to go forward, then the uh, producers would say, okay, it's a green light. It means it's a go. The story, the movie, the drama is all set. It's ready to go. And I really like this um, comparison because if you think about it, what we're doing really is inviting our students to come forward and bring their story to life. And I don't know if you would say enact it, but at least fill it out, make it full, make it detailed, make it embodied, be be the method actor in your own story so that you don't miss the embodiment of your most subtle thoughts and your most subtle observations, as well as, you know, the feelings and the emotions and the um, instincts that are more primitive and that can sometimes feel like in your training, in your family, in school, in society, that you've had to learn to restrain yourself. So green lighting means to bring yourself to the forefront and allow yourself to be seen, not just to others who might be in your group or to your teacher, but to yourself and allow yourself to be seen to yourself. What's going on in there that you just often want to turn away from, or you often want to push aside. And 
so this is a method for helping you to own the parts of yourself that may in your history have been um, kind of like you've gotten the message, maybe directly or indirectly, that these were negative parts and not to be um, exposed or to be managed or to be taken under control for you. So in this green lighting uh, Dharma term, we want to invite all of you to be celebrated, to be seen, to be celebrated, to be um, included at the banquet <laughs> of your whole self. So this is what green lighting is about. It's surfacing what has been maybe hidden to you or what you hid from others and um, to re-own and integrate these important parts. So, Yeah, that, that's really beautiful. I love the movie and the bringing a drama to life. I'd never really gotten that nuance. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of challenges have you seen over the many years you've been involved with this, how students relate to the notion of green lighting? Okay, well, there is a distinct history here, which I just want to um, mention, not too much in depth, but in the beginning, this was such a radical approach for a spiritual group to be um, messing in, even you could say. Other groups, you know, had the distinct feeling and opinion that um, emotions should be attenuated. They should be held back. They should be, maybe you would look at them in the privacy of your own heart, but you wouldn't say them out loud. And you would certainly not uh, let them enliven your body fully, but you would just like, you know, go beyond them. And so the teaching, the traditional teaching is to go beyond the emotions, to go beyond the judgment, to go beyond the kind of more early life impulses to be selfish or to be, you know, um, angry or to be um, sad even. So those in a subtle way, those parts of ourselves got edited out. So to use the green lighting uh, metaphor, you know, people were edited who got into that level of expression, or it was considered too rough for the real spiritual unfolding. And in the beginning, so we really invited people in a very positive way to go for it just to let their emotions fly. And in my mind, I just pictured there might be 20 people in the room, you know, with Samuel at the front and the rest of us sitting on the floor in the room. And we would, might be invited one by one to speak out what was coming up for us. And there was like a kind of encouragement to kind of take it all the way take it all the way to the point where you really had a breakthrough where you could no longer hold yourself, but you might just 
stand up and stomp or scream or yell or grab your belly and fall on the ground. And, <laughs> and all of this had the effect in the beginning, a brilliant effect of liberating the individual from what we later called the hyper-masculine models of awakening and training. And it was like very enlivening. After a while, it, we began to observe that this could be taken too far to the point where it, a couple of things could happen. It could like just destabilize the whole room. And a lot of people might break down with traumatic memories or feelings coming up that they didn't understand and, and had no one to help them with at the moment. And that could happen. And then the person who was into the um, dramatization of their feelings, later it might take them hours to cool down or even days. And another thing that kind of um, popped up was that people then could feel overwhelmed by it, shame, uh, what the part of themselves that had gone beyond the boundary and had broken all the social conventions might be overcome with a really terrible feeling of just shame and doubt. So teachers had to spend a fair amount of time helping people put themselves back together. And it became apparent I think to many of us that this extreme demonstration of green lighting could be better attenuated, modified, um, eased into more carefully, and the result would be better. There would be a better result of moving incrementally, moving more slowly, being able to feel all those dreadful traumatic feelings while at the same time you could be present to them. So what sometimes happens when people are in an extreme blowout, you know, is that the awareness part of the self just exits. They go up to, I don't know, cloud nine and the body acts out and then there isn't a present consciousness so it, it's not as effective just to have a blowout of feeling. And it's much more effective, like, for the person having deep feelings, maybe to be aware of the group that's accompanying them so that their attention can go out to people that are approving of them and inviting them and accompanying them. And it can also... Uh, go into their thinking mind so they can make associations with how that how this all piled up on them in the past and that kind of dual awareness or multi-level awareness is much more um, conducive of building strong ego structures and strong ego structures believe it or not are really needed before intense green lighting should be encouraged. So it had, in the beginning, a very positive effect of liberating. And as we worked more and more with green lighting, 
we found some negative um, outcomes creeping into the picture. And um, I'm looking at my notes here, see what else I wanted to say. And we, we needed to make a discrimination, and I admit this comes from my psychotherapy, between acting out, in other words, in unconsciously just participating in, you know, your venting of rage and resentment, acting it out over and over and over, rather than being present and working it out. That's a discrimination. Um, so acting out is not what we're looking for. We're looking for presence and integration and the present mind to be there at the same time the feelings are or soon after. And for the person to be taking in not just their internal angst, but how the new environment now, the teacher, the other students, the atmosphere in the room, how those are supporting elements which can help them actually get a real foundation and strength in their own unique story and egoic process, which is totally required for, for uh, progressing forward in the um, awakening and maturing, awakening to the divine and maturing in the human levels of, of work. And that's what our work has always been about. It's been about awakening, but also maturing the human side. So I think I answered some of your questions. Yeah, that was, that was just awesome. I'm, I'm really struck, you know, by the correlation between a strong ego structure, a healthy ego structure that can relate to the environment and receive social support mm -hmm. and have, you know, cognition about what's happening right. and how that kind of supports the whole process of awakening to consciousness. Yes, yes, it's really necessary. You might remember some old added adages from former teachers like you have to have an ego before you can transcend it mm -hmm. and a lot of people are kind of like some practices in you know the new age practices did not hold that point of view the point of view was just like get in there crash the ego and the primitive raw open you know perception is what's what it what awakening actually is you have to be beyond the thinking mind and break that barrier and go kind of like out of your mind to really awaken and that isn't actually how it is in order to tolerate being out of your mind mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to have in the background an actual um internal human structures of sanity, grounding, and support. And um, that's what we mean by ego structure. And we don't mean by ego structure that which is holding you back from perceiving the divine 
being and all the levels of expression. We just mean that we have to have that groundedness in order to tolerate the open quality of of actual real realization. Mm, beautiful. So, yeah. So this is what we saw over time. We needed to correct our um, our instruction, our use of green lighting, our uh, you know advocacy of it. We just needed to refine it in this way. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Um, I think that'll be this chapter, so we'll come back with the next in a moment. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. The musical accompaniment is Awaken by Wayne Kington. To learn more about Wayne and his music, visit www.waynejosephkington.com.